Hello and welcome to the Fearless Man Podcast. This is a show where we talk about everything that God wants us to remember to do as a husband, a father, a friend, a leader, and even a chef in the kitchen. Don't miss it. Share with your friends. And I'll see you on the podcast. This is your host, Andy Falco Tinez. Hello, my friends. This is Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you from Yorba Linda, California. And um, we're going to be talking about fatherlessness and how the problem is a man problem. And so if you're coming on or you hopefully got past the uh, title and thinking, oh, he's going to be talking about dads only. And if you're single without a child or let's say you're a grandfather that uh, maybe never had children or your grandfather that um, is an empty nester, your kids are out. Um, this is for you too. So don't go anywhere because uh, I want to make sure that we fully understand the role of a Christian man has today to impact what is happening in our world. Our world is fast, fast, and faster, and even fasterly falling apart. <laughs> it's just made up a word. Um, it is, uh, I mean, you don't, need me to tell you that but you can see i mean today we just were uh it finally came to um uh, a point where we are actually uh in a recession so we've been at inflation we've had a shrinking economy and today based on the two quarters of negative growth we are in a recession and regardless of what you hear from anybody else out there that is the meaning of a recession and it has been for years the last 10 recessions we've been in um, it was when we had two negative quarters of growth. So uh, again, regardless of what you hear, uh, we are in a recession. So there's that. Then we have all this stuff happening in schools in regard to lousy grades. We have uh, such low standards um, that um, are, the, the schools have lowered their standards so that you have more children graduating. So you have more children becoming um um, I would say, except, sorry, the cat's uh, rubbing up against my camera. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an earthquake. It is the cat. Um, and uh, so they've been lowering the standards so that more people can graduate because kids cannot read. They can't do math. They can't, they don't know U.S. history. They don't know, um, uh, you know, whatever else they're, you know, they're, whatever else they're not being taught in school. They just need to be taught how to read, how to write, how to count and how to think. Not want to think, but how to think. And uh, those things simply aren't being done. And so the, the, the grades have been the standard for, you know, an A and a B have been lowered to where in, in my day uh, or your day, uh, they, you know, what used to, you, you would get a, maybe a C or a D, you're now getting a B. Whatever you, you know, got, whatever you're able to get a, any of us that got C's, today we'd be getting A's. I mean, we'd be miraculous students today. Uh, based on the lowering of the grading standards in schools. Then you have, uh, you know, the nonsense going on in universities um, that they are no longer teaching uh, in universities. They're indoctrinating in universities. And of course, they're doing the same thing in high schools and junior high schools and elementary schools. So um, the, the problem is, um, quite frankly, has a lot to do with uh, the that God's been taken out of our schools, that God has been taken out of, of, uh, you know, you can't supposedly, you can't pray at work anymore. Some of you'll get offended. And so uh, none of that could be outwardly done. Although we did it, 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 it 
my business from time to time and, and, and brought up God and talked about church and that kind of stuff. But, you know, depending on where you're working, you probably cannot bring up God. You probably, um, you know, can't talk about being a man or a woman. You have to talk about, you know, one of the other 50 genders and that kind of stuff. So, you know, this could go on forever. But really what it is, it's the, the, the taking out, taking God out of our world, out of our country. So we're, we're based here in the United States of America. I know that we have listeners in other countries, but here in the United States, really, uh, God has been taken out of our country, kicked out of our country. Um, not, not quite as far as Canada and, and some of the other countries, but uh, for sure that is an issue. The other thing is, is masculinity is, masculinity is thought to, been, uh, to be toxic, and uh, anytime you talk about being a man and having man roles and things that are generally done by men, oh my gosh, you can't talk about that. That's offensive. Uh, you're going to offend somebody. And yet they're letting men compete against women. So the same people that are offended uh, by masculinity or gender-based um, roles that we have in uh, our society, if you talk about those things or try to, you know, teach boys how to become men um, and and then and then gear them towards those jobs that would generally be handled by men you are now a sexist or what have you or a homophobe somehow um, but those very same people are saying you know it's okay for men to compete against girls in sports and uh, dress in girls locker rooms and go into girls restrooms um, it's the it's the same thing so it is, it is, we, we've hit a really odd time. So if we can address at least this one aspect, which would change a lot, it would get a lot of, it would keep a lot of boys and men from going to prison. It would change, I know for sure, the entire culture of our communities and what's happening in our country if we would bring back men in our society. We've lost, we've lost men. We've got a lot of men that are identifying as he, he or her. I don't even know how to do it. She, her, is that how they do it? I'm not sure. Or uh, is or something like that. Or Z or whatever it is. Um, if, you, if, you, if you want that in your society or you can't identify as a man, we are lost. Uh, we are going to not be able to recover if we continue uh, to allow this to happen. Um, and one of the reasons this is happening uh, is that men are less involved in the raising of their children. And, and it, is, it is an increasing problem uh, year to year to year. And um, 20 years ago, it, it became uh, you know, a, a problem which people began to report about. But today, it's even worse. It's not gotten better. Uh, people knew it was a problem and they began to uh, blow the alarms um, and pulled the alarm button um, because they're saying, wait a minute, what this is, you know, without fathers fathering their boys, we are um, heading into disaster because these are some of the things that we are seeing. So I'm going to read from a couple different articles here and I'm going to read from one, go to another one and then come back to another one. And then, um, and then, you know, it'll involve some scripture. Uh, but let me first start with some scripture. Uh, and this is an important one. All, all the scripture in the Bible is, is important, but this is important in regard to men. And it's 1 Corinthians 16, 13 that says, Be on the alert, stand firm in faith, act like men, and be strong. 
Now, this is the New American Standard Bible uh, version. If you if you look on other versions, it takes out the word men, uh, which um, what's going on there? Why, why are they doing that? Uh, but in at least the New American Standard Bible, 1 Corinthians 16 says, uh, 16, 13 says, be on the alert, stand firm in faith, act like men, be strong. All right. So I'm going to come back to that from time to time and in uh, in in. in and tell you why I, I thought that that scripture would be particularly good for this uh, article or this uh, episode of the Fearless Man podcast. But reading from the Christian Post for, I think this might have come out today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, <laughs> just so lucky. Um, but it's July 28th, 2022. You can find it. Go to the ChristianPost.com. I put the link in the uh, description of this particular show. So if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or um, you're watching the podcast or listening to the podcast on iHeartRadio, uh, where it's available now. Um, it says it's supposed to be available on Spotify, but for some reason it wasn't coming up for me today yet. But uh, it, it will be up there shortly. Uh, but uh, you'll find the link for this article in the description. And I'm going to read just the first uh, paragraph here because then it references um, another article, which I'll show on the screen in just a minute. But in this Christian Post article by John uh, Stone Street and Maria Baer, um, it starts off with, in 2016, psychologist Dr. Peter Langman compiled biographical data on 56 American school shooters. He found that 82% had grown up in dysfunctional family situations, usually without two biological, uh, two biological parents at home. The trend has sadly continued. And the shooter in Uvalde, Texas, hadn't lived with his father in years. The Sandy Hook shooter hadn't seen his father in the two years leading up to that massacre. So that's how this article starts out. And then it references, if you get the article, you'll see in the second paragraph, it says new research. You'll want to click on that link and you will get to the article uh, from the Institute for Family Studies. And that's from June 17, 2022. So not too long ago, last month. And it's entitled, uh, Life Without Father, Less College, Less Work, and More Prison for Young Men Growing Up Without Their Biological Father. <clears throat> the author is, um, there are three of them, uh, W. Bradford Wilcox, Wendy Wang, and Elise Ehag, Elhag. Sorry about that if I'm butchering that last name. And... Um, it goes on to say, I'm going to read quite a bit because there's a lot of um, good data uh, that, that's in this particular article. So I hope you don't mind me reading most of this article and then, you know, I'll have little things that, to, to, uh, to give you. And again, I, I want to make sure before I get going again to remind everybody that's watching who's coming on thinking I'm just talking about fathers. But I, this is important for uh, men who do not have children, young men, maybe that are watching this and just want to be stronger men biblically, uh, courageously and confidently and with strong masculinity um, and you don't have children, this is still, this podcast is still for you. Um, or if you're say a grandfather whose children have moved out or your grandfather that's never had children, this podcast uh, I think will be for you too. Once you hear what I have to say at the end, uh, towards the end of this broadcast. So the article starts and says, American fathers are today more removed from family life than ever before in our history, wrote sociologist David Paponi. In his Pathbreaking book, Life Without Father, 
And according to a growing body of evidence, this massive erosion of fatherhood contributes mightily to many of the major social problems of our time. Paponi wrote these words more than 25 years ago, but his assessment remains as relevant in 2022 as it was in, 20, in 1996. The decline of marriage and the rise of fatherlessness in America remain at the center of some of the biggest problems facing the nation. Crime and violence, school failure, deaths of despair, and children in poverty. Now, remember earlier when I came on, I was talking about the problems we're having in schools and universities and in businesses and what is uh, being reduced to anything that relates to the Bible and God and our God-given rights and what the Bible says about men and women, just men and women, or about men leading uh, uh, you know, troops in the battle, although there are, uh, there's at least one story of a woman leading men in, uh, you know, troops in the battle. Um, it, but what it says in there about, you know, men that, that it somehow, um, you know, uh, encourages toxic masculinity that these things right here that, it, that they point out it, that it erodes the, the, the lack of fatherhood can erode a number of these issues, social problems, social issues become a problem because men don't know how to how to combat the thought that being masculine is bad, that being a strong man is bad, to, to open a door for a woman is bad, to, to leading a business in a, in a way that is a strong leader presence, a manly street, uh, leader presence is a, is a bad thing, that if they don't grow up in a masculine environment with a father, that they, they go, oh, okay, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess it's, it's bad to be masculine. I guess it's bad to be a leader. I guess it's bad to to want to fight for our country, to go to the army and to, to serve and be strong and, and, and be tough and to, to, to serve and, and to be strong. Um, but uh, that's what comes. And then what ends up happening is that you have more crime and violence, you have school failure, you have deaths of despair, which is suicide, and children in poverty because they never got to get off their duffs and get a job. So the, these young parents you know, think that the government's going to take care of them. They in turn have children. And now you have children in poverty because the, the parent, the father who would normally go out and get the job, not that women can't get a job, but men are known in our, in our history to be the, the breadwinners um, are not doing it. And now women who often get paid less than men, uh, you know, we then have a, a bad situation where they are living in poverty. Going on in this article, it says the predicament of the American male is of particular importance here. The percentage of boys here being the United States, I'm assuming the percentage of boys living apart from their biological father has almost doubled since 1960 from about 17 percent to 32 percent today. Now, an estimated 12 million, 12 million boys are growing up in families without their biological fathers. Specifically, approximately 62.5% of boys under 18 are living in an intact biological family. Wow. 1.7% are living in a step family with their biological father and step or adoptive mother. That's my, our situation. 4.2% uh, are living with their single biological father and 31.5% and are living in a home without their biological father. <clears throat> wow. 4.2% are living with their single biological father. Wow. 
All right. Um, next paragraph. Lakey, uh, Lakey, lacking the day-to-day involvement, guidance, and positive example of their father in the home and the financial advantages of associated uh, advantages associated with having him in the household, these boys are more likely to act up, lash out, flounder in school, and fail at work as they move into adolescence and adulthood, even though not all fathers play a positive role in their children's lives. On average, boys benefit from having a present and involved father. <clears throat> and I'm going to move forward just a little bit to uh, another section here, to where a, a section that's entitled, Father Present Families Help Keep Their Sons on the College Track. Now, uh, I'm going to just say that I don't know how much of a fan I am of college and universities at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, we're going to use this as an example of what happens when you do have a father, that, that education and desire to learn and all that kind of stuff is increased with the presence of a, uh, a father in the home. So boys today are struggling at all levels of school, falling behind girls in reading and math skills and are less likely than girls to graduate high school on time. Young men are also less likely than young women to attend or graduate from college. When we think about the many factors behind this gender gap, family structure is often not the first cause to come to mind. But as MIT economist, sorry, David Otter uh, has found, the gender gap in high school, including suspensions and graduation, is larger for boys who did not grow up in married families compared to the boys who did. Um, and then what I wanted to show you down below, or what I'm going to show you in just a moment, is some graphs of, uh, of, of what's happening in our, in our country right now with, uh, in relationship to those boys who grow up with fathers and those boys who do not grow up with fathers in the home. Now, um, if I go back to 1 Corinthians 16, 13, which says, be alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong in the be alert part. Um, I, I want to, and I'm not sure if this is exactly how God meant it to be, but in the be alert, be on the alert for a man in as a father in the home of a, what would be called a nuclear family, right? A husband, a wife, and their children, a nuclear family. The man is to be on alert to protect from, you know, the children from maybe social media. Uh, to protect them from music that they're listening to, that's going to send them down a a uh, a path where they're being indoctrinating with um, uh, nonsense, <laughs> with uh, pornography in the songs over and over and over again, where it begins begins to affect their soul and their heart and their minds. And the father being on alert for his family in relationship to First Corinthians sixteen thirteen is that that is the role of the father. When you remove that out of the family. The mom, although she can be alert too, is, is one part of that. When you have a father and a mother together, and, and I'm going to say because, I, because you all know that I'm divorced, and so the, the, mom, the mother of my children, of four of my kids, um, three of which are boys, um, you know, we, they go back and forth. We have 50-50 custody. And so although we're alert in different homes, they still get the benefit. Is it as good as it would be if we lived together? No, but we are both involved. I would, I can imagine, and I don't understand how men do this and give up their children and never see them or don't, or don't want to see them. It doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, obviously it's happening a, a great deal uh, in our society. 
Um, but at least we are both active. Um, and I would say that we are active in, in many areas. It can be different at times. I, I have things that I think are important and she has things that she's important. But um, the one thing we are on the same page is we're both Christian uh, followers of faith of God. And at least on that level, we are uh, the same and we are on alert on the things that we think are important to be on alert for. Uh, in addition to not letting them do things, you know, um, by themselves, you know, go on dates when they're too young and that kind of stuff, you know, being in the background or being, uh, went on a date with my daughter the other day where she was, <laughs> and I went, I don't want to call it an official date, but she met a boy that she's interested in. And I was in the same movie theater, but I was sitting in a different section while her and her friend were in another part. And, you know, whatever, if you agree with that or not, that's what I did. And that's how I did it. She's 14. And that's, uh, at least that's where I feel like um, I'm going to begin this process of, of, of trusting, building trust through caution by being alert. And then as she proves that she can be trusted, then removing some of these safeguards as things go. And I, and I think that that's the way that I've decided to do it. And I, I for, for us, it, it worked and she was okay with it. Was she okay with it? But she was okay with it. All right. So um, the next thing is that standing firm in the faith. And that is where I talked about earlier in the beginning is that when you remove God from schools, when you remove God from uh, being accepted in our, our, in our community in a lot of ways, um, they, you need a father who's in the faith that can keep the faith and be firm in the faith so that the children will be hopefully firm in the faith. Does it guarantee that they will be? No, absolutely not. But it is God has asked us to do that so that although they may fall away, it will, it will be... I believe easier for them to come back if they fall away. It'll be easier for them to realize that the trouble that they're in is because they've lacked the faith or they've not been in the faith or they've not gone to church in a while. That that if we, while they're young and in our home and, and like, uh, you know, two of, out of the kids that were young enough to continue with VBS this, this year over at Your Belinda Friends Church, that you know, they, they may have not wanted to go. I don't know. I signed them up anyway. And they will go to VBS and they hear scripture. They, they, they attend uh, VBS stands for vacation Bible school, by the way, just in case you didn't know that. Um, and so they go there and they spend five days, Monday through Friday at your Belinda friends church, um, hearing songs of worship, uh, every station they go to when they break up into their groups, um, that is, uh, if it's, if it's, um, uh, crafts, which I was uh, volunteering for, which I'll talk about that a little bit later, is, you know, it was a biblical verse that they colored in and they had to say the verse and they have um, memorizations they got to do. They play on the, the slides and, and uh, you know, with the pastors that show up and the, and the, and the, and the, and the people who serve and volunteer. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a church-run event, which again, whether they want to go or not, it's something that as a father, that it's my job. As it says in the second part, stand firm in the faith. <laughs> it's my job. I signed you up for VBS. What? Yes, you're going to VBS. No. Oh, well, you're going anyway. Now, my, my two sons who are still young enough, they didn't do any of that. They just go, okay. Um, but it was that really quick, like, they thought about it. They go, no, that's fun. I, I'll go. Because uh, they've had a history of going in the path. So it passed. So uh, it wasn't that they they had the hesitation. It was, there was that moment like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. And they went. So... That's because, again, uh, I've been firm in the faith. 
um, even earlier in my walk, I maybe I may not have been as strong in the faith as I am now. Um, I've always been, uh, you know, as long as they've been alive, I've been in the Christian church and been active in the Christian church. Again, that doesn't mean that I've been a strong Christian or a, a, a man of God, uh, but uh, at least uh, they were continuing to go to church um, and then act like men. I, I act like a man. I don't act like a woman. I don't act like anything else. I act like a man and I'm strong. And sometimes I scare them with my voice. Sometimes I'm very strong and stern. And uh, they know that I come from a, a, a position of masculinity and they get to see what a man acts like. Now, does this man always act biblically? No. Does this man always act appropriately in the past? Definitely not more so now, but that is now our job to understand what the God call, what God calls us to be in relationship as to a godly man. So now we have to do that. In this verse, God's telling us to act like a man, I am sure, in, in relationship to a godly man. He doesn't want to act like a, a buffoon man or a drunkard man or a, um, a, uh, a, a sexual man. I'm not, there's another word I was looking for, but I couldn't find it. A philanderer man. Um, he wants us to act like godly men. And this is where I think right now is it's even hard for them because they saw for a period of time where I wasn't a godly man. I was a Christian man, but not a godly man. And so now they even at times will find it odd and they'll say, wait, dad, you're acting different. That's kind of good in a way. So the reason I bring this up is because it's not too late for you. If you are a father who has a child who's you know old enough to remember you when you drank a lot or gambled a lot or maybe yelled a lot at your wife, uh, their mother um, or their stepmother or a, a, a girlfriend. Um, but now you've decided that you had enough of that, that you're that you're over with that and you're done with that. It's not too late. You know, even if they're 15 or 16, like my oldest son is, is that it's still important from this point on they see what a godly man is supposed to act like, how they're supposed to treat a woman, how they're supposed to treat their family, how they're supposed to treat business, how they're supposed to treat friends, how they're supposed to act when driving a car, how they're supposed to act when at a restaurant, how they're supposed to act at church. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. I would add godly men or a godly man. Uh, and then be strong, stand firm, uh, be there for them, uh, be tough. Don't uh, be afraid to be involved. Don't be, don't hesitate to stand in the gap. Don't hesitate when your daughter gets hurt to give her a hug and tell her how much you love her and tell her how beautiful she is, the way that she is, the way that God made her. Don't tell, don't be, don't hesitate to be strong in telling your young men how strong they are, how smart they are how talented they are, uh, but be strong in your manliness, but also be strong in telling them when they've made a mistake, be strong in telling them not to try any pill that is given to them by anybody on the planet other than you or a doctor that you have taken them to take not be strong. Fentanyl is being used in anything and everything. Be strong and stop them. Be strong and tell them. I, we, uh, I, I've told this before. Uh, I know on the devotion, I'm not sure if I've said it yet in this devotion, this uh, podcast. And that is every time I drop them off, I give them a talk. Now, listen, 
the, the first thing I think that people will, will go to is that, oh, you lecture them. They must get tired of getting lectured. They must get tired. I, again, I'm strong that I don't care. I'm strong and that I tell them as I drop them off at a friend's, if I drop them off at the school dance, if I drop them, drop him off at a, um, you know, before he goes fishing, um, there's, there's, whether it's a long lecture or a very short lecture, it is that I expect a lot from you, son. I expect for you to honor this family. I expect you to honor yourself. I expect you to be the one that is the, the, the man, boy, that your friends look at as saying, he's different. He doesn't cuss. He doesn't uh, lose his temper and throw a fit, a temper tantrum. Um, he's a leader. He, when, when, the, when the boys want to do something that he knows is wrong, he stops them. Um, I tell my, my sons all the time, be the one, be the guy, be the leader, be the, be the one that everybody looks at and says, you know what? That guy's different. Why is he different? Why doesn't he cuss like us? Why doesn't he act like us? Is he doing it? Probably not in many cases. Um, I've caught him a few times. And so I, but I do, I don't stop. I don't stop. First Corinthians 16, 13 says, be strong, even though it's not happening now. If you stay strong, it'll happen in the future. I feel very strongly about that. I feel very strongly about being strong, uh, and that is very necessary. And uh, and so this this um, this uh, podcast or this live stream that you're watching um, is about fatherlessness, and I'm sharing with you what it is that's happening and what's happening with these boys that don't have a father. They don't have any of this. None of this is happening in their lives. Now, again, we can't say that mothers are bad mothers because. Be they can't do it without a father, but that is a little bit of the case. They, they, they're, they're limited in that they are the mother who often has a position of, 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 um, of guarding, of protecting, of a strong heart, of a soft heart. But regardless of that, and I know that, you know, that the world teaches something entirely different than a woman can be a man and a man can be a woman and all this kind of nonsense. But the mothers are, are built differently. They're, they're, they are different. And boys will look at the mother differently and will challenge the mother. And although there's so many fantastic, great mothers who've done a great job as a single mom and raised very strong men, I bet you there's men that are presidents that I think, uh, well, that's not a good it's not a good example. I was just going to use a recent example that I think he was, he was a, the father of mother, most corrupt president we've ever had. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sure that there's one, um, but um, there's got to be, you know, there's soldiers out there, generals out there that have, have grow, had grew up with a single mom. And thank God that mom was able to grow and, and raise a strong man. So I'm not saying it's not possible, but man, what, what would they be like if they had a strong man, a godly man in their life? If they had both a good mother and a godly man, wow, what, what kind of person could they have been? Now, success in money, you know, there's a lot of successful men who have made money who come from a single mom, but their lives are a mess because they didn't grow up with fathers. We, we, we can find all kinds. We find actors and singers and rock stars that, that you know, did great in their field but became a mess 
because they lack the balance of a mother and father raising them up or a father with a stepmother or step or mother with a stepfather that was strong and a godly man. Um, but this, there's, there's no doubt that the statistics were, will, um, will, will show that without a father in the home that you have problems. So let's bring it up. Let's go ahead and bring up this, uh, this, these slides here. Uh, I need to bring it down just a little bit. Hold on. Ain't going to work. Oh, well, it's not going to happen. But here's one graph here. This is the percentage of young men who graduated from college. You can see the graph there. It's uh, more than twice as many young men graduated from college between the ages of 28 and 34, with a father present 35% to only 14%. As we go down here, it percentage of young men who are idle at ages 25, 29 by a father's idle being jobless sit around in their room, couch potatoes, don't do nothing, play uh, video games all day. Um, you have, with a bio uh, father present, only 11%, which is still too, met, too much. Something needs to change there, but 19%. So nearly twice as many um, young men become idle when a father is not present. A percentage of young men who have been arrested or incarcerated by, um, by father presence. And the yellow, of course, is... Um, the bio father absent. Uh, I'm sorry, I was re oh, uh, ever been arrested by ages 15 or 19? Sorry about that. So, this first one on the left is 15 to 19. Wow, 15 to 19, 31% without a father, 21% who had a father at home. And then, but that changes here in, in, in doubles, uh, with uh, ever been incarcerated by ages 28 to 34, 10% with a father at home, and 21% without a bio father at home. Is there another graph? I don't think so. There was some other stuff there. But you can see that it clearly, um, clearly shows you that these statistics will um, prove that not having a father at home has an impact on the outcome. Ability to read and write and do math and count and uh, how to think. Um, are impacted by not having a father at home, encouraging them, making sure that um, they do their homework, making sure that they show up for school, making sure that they don't do a sport if they're, if they're not keeping up their grades, that, that get off the TV, get off of the social media, get, get out and, and do something else, spend some time away from the screens. Um, a mother surely does that, but with a father, uh, again, um, I can tell you for sure that my, my children uh, act a lot different in my home with me than they do with their mother. And that if, if we were uh, together, we would be able to balance it out. But unfortunately, we are not. But at least 50% of the time, they understand the rules handed down by dad. And so how important it is to have a father at home, extremely important. All right, let me get to the point where uh, those of you that are watching that don't have children, uh, I told you this is important for you too, but you're a, a boy that possibly, or a man that grew up in a home with a father, or luckily enough, you only had your mother, but yet you still were, were, uh, grew up with a strong faith in God. You still grew up with a, a strong, healthy masculinity. Uh, you're a good leader. Um, you haven't been to jail. Well, you could have gone to jail, but you've learned your lesson and now you're a godly man. That, that's possible. I know a bunch of men who, have gone to jail that have found God and are, are amazing men. Um, but you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity now um, 
to um, mentor. Um, I talked about volunteering for VBS. Uh, that um, was important to me that uh, I have a little, I got, I got injured before I, before I volunteered, I was healthy. After I volunteered, I got injured on my leg. I, I, I tore a tendon. And um, the leader of the VBS says, well, you don't have to come if you're hurt. And I said, no, I got to be there. And the, and the reason I, I wanted to be there is because I knew, and I, and I should actually find out what the percentage of, but I could, I could see by looking around. And, and I was in crafts. In crafts, we had uh, six, six, six volunteers. There was me, the adult male, a, a boy, which was, he was about 14 and then the rest were girls or women, <laughs> not girls. Oh, there was one girl, uh, one girl. And then the rest were women. And I'm pretty sure that percentage um, uh, was throughout the, the VBS, that there were far more women who were leading. But we did have uh, young teenage boys. We had 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 16-year-olds. Uh, um, and so, so important that even though you don't have a, a son of your own, as a godly man who knows how to be on alert, knows how to stand firm in their faith, act like men and be strong, you should be volunteering for these types of uh, events, whether it's VBS. Uh, there's a new thing, and uh, for some reason it's escaping me right now. It's not there's a Boy Scouts is dying because of the wokeness that they've gone through. And now there's a new organization. If anybody's watching right now that knows the name, it's called Trail Finders or Trail Leaders. I can't remember what exactly. It's a type of, of Boy Scouts, but it's a biblically based um, organization um, of scouting that has come out. That That's something else you can get involved in. Um, uh, summer camps that happen where uh, the, the bus takes a, a busload of children out to a summer camp. We have them out here in Idlewild and Big Bear and Lake Arrowhead and that kind of thing. Uh, even Lake Arrowhead has a little area over there for, for camping for um, uh, Christian organizations that you um, being a, an, an alert man who's standing firm in your faith and acting like a man and being strong that you need to volunteer and show these boys that are in these um, uh, outings and in these um, uh, events at the churches or with schools, what that looks like, what a man like that looks like, and uh, and be there for them. It, it's only four days or two days. It doesn't matter. They need to see it because there's so many boys, as it said in the survey, if I can go back to it, um, that uh, here it says back in 2016, 82% had grown up in a dysfunctional family situation. So if you can, if we had uh, something like 2000 children at VBS, their New Belinda uh, uh, Friends Church, if 82% of them are growing up in a dysfunctional family of some sort, or the, the father's not at home, look, look at the impact you can make there by being a, a boy or a man who has these traits where they rarely see a man like that. They rarely see a boy like that, where you could be a leader in their group and teach them uh, what it is like to be like that, that that may be the one thing that saves their life, keeps them from going. To, it could be the, the impact that I, I've been so honored by God using my wife and I in the Living Fearless devotional that we do nearly daily is that we will get messages and emails from people how they watch one of, one of our podcasts which is a you know 30 minute to a 45 minute, sometimes an hour 
podcast or live stream like this one that they will email us and say, gosh, I watched that thing you did and it caused me to do X, Y, Z and it, and it changed their life, whether temporarily or long-term. Um, we had one uh, person who, because of the pandemic became a little bit fearful that, you know, the way their government was acting that, you know, that they couldn't leave their home. Um, and they did, and they were able to um, experience things that they hadn't experienced in a very long time. So I, I wanted you to know that you, you may think that um, you volunteering for a, a day camp or a five-day camp or whatever it is, a VBS, Vacation Bible Study at a church, that your impact positively on a young boy or girl um, could not possibly happen. It will happen and it can happen. And these are the things that we need to do to change what's happening in our country right now is that you need to do that. If you can, if you have the time to go to a, to a camp where you spend five days and nights with some of these kids and you get in a, in, a, in a circle where you share God's word or you share your testimony, you have no idea how, what kind of impact you can have on one or more of those children who uh, uh, 82% of them are growing up in a dysfunctional family. And that is what God has called us to do, to go out, to go out and be busy with trying to share, not trying, but sharing the word of God and the gospel and what it's like to be a godly man that it's necessary and needed in our society today. Same thing for grandfathers who either have never had children or are, um, their children have less left the home. You have a lot of knowledge. You have a lot of experience that will come in handy. There's so many kids, so many men that growing up today that do not know how to change a tire, that do not know how to change windshield wipers, who do not know how to add water to a carburetor if there is still carburetors on these cars. I haven't looked at my new car. I got to look and see if there's carburetor. <laughs> I probably should do that. They don't know how to barbecue. They don't know how to fix um, uh, a dishwasher, a washing machine. Um, they, although they can look on YouTube, um, you know, that those things are possible now, but what, what is it you can do to teach them face to face in the same room, in the same backyard, on the same field, helping them understand what it's, what it means to be a man, to be able to step up and do those things, how to do your wash, how to clean your room, how to keep your car clean, why it's important to keep your car clean, how to, um, uh, uh you know, open a checking account how to open a, a savings account. Um, what is an IRA? What is, um, a, what is a, um, a retirement account? So many things that you can do as, a, as an older gentleman who may not have a, a son to raise anymore or you just never had one that you can take somebody on your, under your wings and do that. How do you find those out? You go to church and you meet young men and you say, we, we, at your and Friends Church, they have barbecues at um, uh, Calvary Chapuccino Hills. We have something called Bud's. And you go there and you sit next to a, a young man and you say, hey, how's your life going? What do you got going on? Well, I can't find a job. You know, I'm still living at home. How old are you? 35. And you're still living at home with your mom? With your mom? Yes. Uh, uh, well, you know, come to my office or, hey, let's go have uh, coffee. Let's uh, meet at a restaurant. Uh, let's see what we can do to get you out of this. This right. You should not. You should have left home when you were 18. Um, my oldest daughter left, uh, left home when she was 18. She uh, got two jobs. She got an apartment. She lived with her girlfriends. She now lives in an, an apartment in Irvine. She's doing well, very well for herself. Um, uh, I, I think it's a mistake to keep kids in the house that long. Now, there's some argument that they need to stay there now because schools are so expensive, college, universities. 
my daughter didn't go to a college university. That's why she was out at 18. If she would have gone to a college university, I would have let her stay a little bit longer, but still it wouldn't have been that long. It would have been maybe 21. Um, uh, but uh, there would have had some pretty good reasons. She may have had to start paying rent. Of course, you can always decide that when she, when they do pay rent, that you save that rent money uh, for them. They, you know, whatever it is, 600 bucks, 800 bucks a month. You take that money, you put it in a savings account for them. And then when they move out, you give it to them so that it will take care of the costs or the, um, uh, the security uh, for renting an apartment or something like that. So that's another great thing to do. But you don't want them just to live there scot-free. Um, uh, you know, my boys this morning, you know, they go to their moms in the morning. They had to clean the kitchen. They had to take out the trash cans. They had to empty their trash cans, pick up their floors. Uh, my daughter, the same thing. She had to help out in the kitchen and help out with the floors. Um, help out with anything else that needed to be done before she left. And these are the things that they do now as young kids. That way, when they become older and they are not out of the house, when I tell them, okay, if you're going to stay here after high school, this is what's going to happen. You're going to pay rent. You're going to pay uh, for some of the utilities. You're going to pay for some of the groceries. And again, I think one of the things you can do, unless you really need the money to help make the ends meet, um, is that you can take the money that they pay and put it into a savings account so that when they do move out and when it's when they do graduate or get their degree or whatever it is or find the job that allows them to move out is you take that money that they paid you over the two or three years that they're still there. You then give that to them so that they can use it for whatever needs they have moving into their new place. And I think that's a great thing to do. Again, one last thing I want to make sure and give the disclaimer is that. Um, Am I right on everything? Do I know everything? I don't even believe that. I know that I've made a lot of mistakes. I know some of the things I'm sharing with you are learned from mistakes that I've made and, uh, and we'll do them better with my oldest daughter. I will share that. I think there was a lot of things that I could have done better in preparing her for being an adult. When she did leave at 18, um, she had a very difficult time. I, I did have to go with her to the bank to show her how to open up a checking account. She has a little bit of um, fear issues that I, she deals with from time to time. And so anything new, she gets a little bit, I don't know if I can do this. And I, and I, and I lead as far as I feel like I have to. And then I, and then I back off and I say, okay, we're going to go to the bank. If you have any questions while you are talking to the bank manager to open up your bank account, I, I will help you, but you have to go in there and talk to the bank manager. And again, this is it. I, I felt, I feel kind of funny now because hopefully the kids, the young kids that I have that are growing up right now, um, they won't have to go through that because I learned with her that that was a mistake. I, I did too many things for her. It didn't prepare her for adulting or being an adult. And so I, I just want to share that with you because I, I'm sharing some things here and you're, you're thinking, well, what does he know? How does he think he knows so much? I don't know. I just know that I've made mistakes. I know that I can do things better. I know what I've read and what I've surveyed and what I've uh, studied for. And, uh, and these are some of the things that I'm learning and I'm passing on to you. If you have any ideas or things that you want to add, feel free to comment at any time and let me know what it is that you feel that you can add to the um, uh, you know, the things that we're talking about today or in the future uh, broadcast, feel free to comment. I did not get one. I see people watching, but nobody commented about anything. Um, but uh, if you do have any comments or have any ideas, if, uh, if you think what I'm saying is not good, make sure and let me know. If you think what I'm sharing has some validity and you want to add to it, or you want to even add something completely different that I didn't, make sure that you comment uh, somewhere so that we can, other people can see it. 
and then I can add it to uh, future shows uh, about similar subject matter. All right, so um, men, I'm going to say it one more time. First Corinthians 16, 13, that says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong, and go out there and be men. Go find a way that you can, you can share your masculinity, what it's like to be a godly man, where you can share that. Find ways to do that. And, um, and it'll be fantastic. You will change somebody's life. I promise you. All right, my friends, we'll see you at the next podcast. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye.